Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, June 16th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show... This is a priority for us. We are going to find the people responsible, and we are going to prosecute them. State officials and the U.S. Attorney's Office warn against unemployment scams. And the latest Supreme Court decision serves as a milestone for the LGBTQ community. Plus, a new Chisholm poll reveals a narrowing gap between support for the flag and the effort to change it. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The coronavirus pandemic has shaken the nation's economy with unemployment numbers unseen since the Great Depression. That includes Mississippi, where the toll of the current recession has Mississippians filing for unemployment benefits in record numbers. But lately, some employed Mississippians are unexpectedly receiving notices of enrollment from the Department of Employment Security. Governor Tate Reeves warns this is part of a national scam. Unemployment systems across the country are being attacked with false claims. Mississippi's certainly has been. These are often sophisticated networks of criminal hackers who will take your information, apply for unemployment, and then reap your benefits. It can have serious consequences for you, and obviously it can have serious consequences for the system. Please guard your personal information closely. We are doing everything in our power on our end to prevent any fraudulent claims. But in the effort to get assistance to people quickly, we know that some have gotten through. U.S. Attorney Mike Hirsch says this has been a nationwide issue, and he warns perpetrators that his office has experience with tracking down fraudsters. About a month ago, the United States Secret Service put out a bulletin advising individuals that an international fraud ring had begun targeting seven states across the country. And we've seen examples in newspaper reports of Washington State being hit pretty hard. Uh, Some of our southern states, like North Carolina and Florida, and unfortunately Mississippi's not immune to this fraud going around. Uh, Recently, the Department of Labor's Inspector General noted that up to $26 billion could be wasted in unemployment fraud. $26 billion. now, as, as the governor mentioned, we will, in the United States Attorney's Office, prosecute this to the fullest extent of the law. And we actually have expertise in this. If some of you may remember, after Hurricane Katrina, the federal government sent a lot of money back home to Mississippi, to Louisiana, and Alabama. And unfortunately, we had a lot of fraud associated with that money coming back to the state. So we were, are well equipped in this office to prosecute this. And we have incredible partners, as I mentioned, with the United States Secret Service and the Department of Labor. 
Jackie Turner is executive director of the Mississippi Department of Employment Security. She says if a resident thinks they are target of this scam, they should contact her office immediately. First of all, let me say the most important thing is if you think you are a victim of fraud, report it immediately. The way to report it to MDS is to email us at safe at mds.ms.gov. When you report that, and you, we will put a stop on the payments that are going to that fraudulent claim. In addition to that, we will ask the people to provide information to um, us, an affidavit and some identifying information so that you can protect yourself from identity theft and those kinds of things. You'll, you'll have to uh, contact your local enforcement law enforcement agency and that information goes to us at Wales as well so we can put those stops on the unemployment insurance claims and then prevent future payments from being made. With attention on the high levels of unemployment benefit claims, Governor Reeves called on lawmakers to replenish the depleted unemployment trust fund using relief from the CARES Act. I also want to underscore the importance of the Mississippi legislature refilling the unemployment trust fund. I have serious concerns that small businesses are going to be hit with an automatic tax increase if they do not do this. It it has to be a priority. Otherwise, it is going to be workers and small business owners across the state who see their fees and their taxes go up exponentially. This is exactly what the CARES Act was designed to pay for. It is critical that it gets funded at the appropriate level or we are going to see a lot of people hit with increased taxes in 2021 at an absolute terrible, terrible time. Coming up, the latest Supreme Court decision serves as a milestone for the LGBTQ community. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi advocates for the LGBTQ community are praising the U.S. Supreme Court ruling that discrimination against gay, lesbian, and transgender persons is against the law. Justices on the U.S. Supreme Court ruled 6-3 to three that language in the Civil Rights Act of 1964 protects lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people from workplace discriminatory termination. Rob Hill is with the Human Rights Campaign. He tells our Desiree Frazier the court's decision is a confirmation of decades-long lower court rulings. What they did was... Um, confirm what most Americans uh, and and actually for the last two decades, what federal courts have already decided that LGBTQ people should not uh, be fired or discriminated against uh, in the workplace uh, because of who they are and who they love. And so uh, this is an exciting day uh, for for Mississippians uh, because we don't have a state law that uh, that ensures uh, that. but it's also a great day for this country. What's interesting is that it goes back to Title VII under the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, and so, uh, 
So it, it makes clear that sexual orientation and gender identity are, are also included um, as it relates to workplace protections under Title VII. Are you getting calls from people wondering what this means for your community? Well, certainly I'm getting a lot of um, texts and uh, Facebook messages uh, of, of uh, hope and joy and, and congratulations on this on this victory. Uh, but we're also getting, uh, you know, being a lot of folks are asking, you know, what does this mean? Uh, and what it means is, yes, LGBTQ people are protected in the workplace, um, no matter where they are in this country. But it, it also uh, it does not uh, extend to uh, places of public accommodation uh, where you know, it doesn't mean that LGBTQ people are are, are uh, uh, protected from discrimination uh, in, in all aspects of their life, like housing or, or in uh, jury service and credit and, like I said, places of public accommodation. So while this is something to celebrate, it's a huge victory for LGBTQ people and for our, our allies and for the country. Uh, we also know that we've got to keep uh, keep fighting to make sure that LGBTQ people uh, don't have to worry about protection anywhere. I mean, discrimination anywhere, and that they are insured those protections. Have you been finding that people in Mississippi have been discriminated against on the job? Well, we know of, um, of you know anecdotal uh, evidence that we that we have that people have been discriminated against, um, but a lot of times people don't report those. Uh, their uh, that workplace discrimination because they fear retribution maybe by a uh, by a, 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 a manager they fear advancement potentially and they, they fear being ostracized potentially in the community um, uh, where the stigma is still high in, in Mississippi for LGBTQ people so so we think uh, these uh, these instances or these cases are are very often underreported we also know that the majority of Mississippians uh, believe that everybody should be able to uh, uh, to be protected in the workplace, regardless of their sexual orientation and gender identity. So, um, so we don't think there's a huge appetite out there to discriminate. There, is, there are no protections in state law, though. No, there is currently no protection uh, for LGBTQ people um, under state law. Um, that's something that uh, there's a bill that's been introduced um, the last uh, four or five sessions, but it's not uh, the Mississippi Civil Rights Act, but it has not. Uh, is not been taken up or um, or been voted on in the in the house uh, or the senate and we but we do have four communities around the state through uh, HRC's work who have passed fully inclusive non discrimination um, uh, ordinances um, in Jackson Magnolia Clarksdale and Holly Springs those are fully inclusive and those ensure that LGBTQ people uh, are not discriminated against uh, in, in, uh, in, at the places where they work or in places of public accommodation or in housing. There was a bill that you were advocating prior to the advent of the coronavirus pandemic. Yes, yes. Can you speak to that a little bit, where that is? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, the, we have, we've been working uh, the last three sessions to update our state hate crimes law to include sexual orientation, gender identity, and disability, thus bringing our law in line with federal law so that uh, local law enforcement officials uh, are able to investigate crimes they suspect are hate crimes that are committed against people, um, uh, LGBTQ people specifically. And we give local prosecutors uh, uh, tools to, to prosecute as a hate crime rather than waiting on the federal government to uh, to get in. That bill got uh, out of Senate Judiciary B Committee, but it died, unfortunately, on, on the calendar. So we'll continue working on that in the 20. 20- 
2021 session. But that's also a great example of the bipartisan support that we were able to build. We had Republican and Democratic sponsors. We had uh, Republicans who voted on that uh, majority Republican committee who voted on that uh, legislation to get out of committee. Uh, and, and same with with uh, uh, civil rights protections. We know that there's bipartisan support in every community where we pass municipal ordinances. Uh, we had bipartisan support for, for that on those boards or councils, the same way with hate crimes. And so I think this is just a really good opportunity to stop and see, you know, that 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 people in Mississippi, by and large, Republican or Democrat, uh, don't think you should be targeted because of who you are, who you love. And in saying and the same, you shouldn't be uh, discriminated against in your place of employment. Rob Hill with the Human Rights Campaign. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Desiree. Tiffany Mitchell of Flora is a transgender woman who is pleased with the high court's ruling. The 28-year-old says she worked for a retail company about six years ago that stopped scheduling her for hours after she came out as transgender. Mitchell says she filed a lawsuit against the company, but it went out of business before the case went to trial. She says many in the LGBT community don't report workplace discrimination. Um, yes, I was very scared because I was like, if they pass this bill, how am I going to be able to function and live in society or how am I going to make way for myself in society if I'm being discriminated against and anybody or other peers in the community would feel. Have you experienced workplace discrimination because you are transgender? Um, yes, ma'am, I have. It has been 2014 going into 2015. Um, I had worked in my job probably about six months, almost eight, and I decided to tell them that I was going to start living in my truth. Um, at the time, my manager and all the other coworkers seemed to be okay with it, but until I physically came to the store and had to work, and it was like immediately the day after I didn't get put on the schedule. I wasn't receiving um, texts or phone calls anymore about what was going on. And I I didn't understand why at the time, but then it dawned on me. I said, oh, it's because I now want to live in my truth and no longer want to be the person society says that I should be. And you were working in retail? Yes, ma'am. And when you say living in your truth, what do you mean by that? Um, being authentically Tiffany, because for a long time I was living my life to please my family and not actually please myself. And once I started to live in, in my truth, I found more confidence and more courage. And so um, feeling like a woman in a man's body and then transforming into how you felt becoming a woman wasn't received by everyone. Yes. What would you like to see happen now that this uh, ruling has come down from the U.S. Supreme Court? What I would like to see happen, I would like to see more unity, more people actually coming together because I feel that most times people do not think that we're strong as a unit, we're strong independently, but this goes to prove that it takes all of our voices to come together. Tiffany Mitchell is a transgender woman from Flora.
Coming up, a new Chisholm poll reveals a narrowing gap between support for the flag and the effort to change it. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. If you ever miss one of our locally produced shows or want to simply hear it again, you can find what you need at mpbonline.org or download our podcast app to your smartphone. MPB programming is on your schedule at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Protests over police violence and systemic racism have re-energized the debate over the Mississippi state flag. Those who seek change, holistic changes, view the flag as a reminder of the centuries-long effort to subjugate and oppress the black community. Those who support keeping the current design argue the Confederate imagery is a symbol of Southern pride and heritage. The last time this debate was given a formal public platform, it was in a 2001 referendum, and nearly two-thirds of voters supported the current design. But a new poll from Chisholm Strategy shows that gap has narrowed in the nearly two decades since. Nathan Schrader is the chair of the Department of Government and Politics and Millsaps. In part one of our conversation, he tells our Michael Guidry what the latest polling says about who wants change and who prefers the status quo. One of the things that's very visible from the Chisholm strategy survey on the state flag and the status of the state flag is a sharp division, again, based on the variable of race. And as they found in the survey, um, there were 61 percent of white respondents want to keep the state flag as is, uh, and 84 percent of African-Americans want to replace the state flag. And so you see, just to, just to start out, a very sharp division there. But there's a, a few things I, I, that, we, that, that we can glean from the poll, but we can't necessarily comment on in terms of having data to back this up. Uh, but we can glean from these numbers that there is this division, but if you break it down even further there, there's a generational gap involved in this too, particularly among seniors. And you, you see among uh, white, older white voters, uh, you know, over 65 are the most supportive of this, but younger voters uh, are, are far more open to the discussion about change. This is a a youth movement. Um, we're seeing uh, with with the Black Lives Matter protest, the one in Jackson, uh, you know, really spearheaded and led uh, by young African Americans. So, what else does it say about how the divide might exist among generational gaps? White seniors, those sixty five and older, uh, if we just and this is not something that's unique just to one place or one state in the country. Uh, we know statistically they are what we often call, you know high turnout voters or super voters, right? They're, they're the most, they, they vote most frequently and they vote all the time, you know, whether it's a local, state, or municipal election. So they carry a lot of weight at the ballot box, maybe a disproportionate amount of weight at the ballot box, right? So, so that's why we're kind of talking about where they come in on all this. Uh, so, so that level of support, though, tapers off when you start looking at the younger electorate under the age of 65, there's an 11 point gap that 52% of them uh, favor changing the state flag uh, compared to 40%, 41% rather of those under 65 who want to keep it. So 
things begin to to change when you when you get away from the older segment of the electorate. Another way that the poll breaks down these numbers before we get to what it ultimately says uh, is is whether this is a a, a partisan issue. Uh, what does the poll suggest about how this breaks down along party lines? Yeah, well, what you see is the, the strongest Republicans, those who those who identify as the most uh, the most vocal Republicans, uh, the strongest Republicans, they support the almost by a seventy percent gap, keeping the flag. Eighty eighty one percent of them say they want to keep the flag. But then you start to see that taper off a bit when you when you get to the more moderate Republicans or the the people who say that they are Republicans, but they tend to lean that way, meaning they're not quite as wedded to sort of the, the party orthodoxy straight down the line. Uh, about um, a third of them say that they want to replace the flag. And then what, when, what, here's, here's the part you want to add into the mix, though. You have uh, strong support or a strong opposition among Democrats for the current flag. About three quarters of them are, are, are ready to change it. But you also have the independents tipping towards the Democrats. What you have are the independent voters lining up with the Democratic voters and a third of your Republican leading voters, who, who that's sort of your coalition of who's coming together to, to drive this, 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 changing, uh, this changing figure of the percentage of the share of the voters who want to bring about a, a new state flag. Oftentimes, voters are presented with issues, and we get polls that on the surface might show uh, a, a lean one way or the other. Uh, but what mm-hmm. one thing that this poll does that I appreciate, and I'd like you to speak a little bit further on that, is it actually looks at the enthusiasm behind those issues. So we know that, you know, if X amount support it, we can also see how right. many of those people strongly support it. What does it say about the enthusiasm of people who both support changing the flag and those who support keeping the flag? Yeah, th- this is this is this is a really fascinating piece of the the, the finding is that, of the poll is that this is a and it, there are some issues out there politically where there's high enthusiasm say among people on one side of it, but on the other side people might yeah they agree or disagree, but it's not something that that drive that drives them right it doesn't motivate them. Well, in in this Chisholm poll, uh, you know, four out of five. Uh, people who support the current flag and four out of five people who want to change it say that it's an issue that's very important to them. And that's just a, you know, a measure of the enthusiasm. This is not something that's being met with tepid enthusiasm. It's, it's one of those times both sides of the argument are engaged in this and they find it to be of of value and importance to them. So what does this poll say big picture uh, about Mississippians attitudes toward the flag? And then how does the current climate um, relate to past polls about the similar issue. Yeah. So, so if I had to sum up the, the, why this poll is so important in, in, in one sentence, it would be this. Uh, Mississippi is gradually changing in terms of its attitudes towards the state flag. Uh, you know, we go back nearly 20 years, it was 19 years ago, we saw 65% of Mississippi voters reject changing the current the flag design is in place today and then there were you know another poll conducted by chisholm strategies uh three years ago showing that 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 support had dropped to about half uh or or it dropped it did drop to four you know it was about a 49 percent in that position and it was about still a 10 percent gap between those who want to support 
changing the flag, those who oppose it, with the majority still leaning towards keeping it the same. Today, it's about equally split. So there's this gradual evolution of, of public opinion on this issue that went from just 19 years ago. This looked like a settled issue, right? 65% uh, in, in a referendum saying, you know, they're going to, they want to keep that, the flag image the way it is. Uh, you don't have to, uh, you, you don't have to then, you, this is not an issue we're looking at a, a hundred years of, 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 public cha- of change over time. We're looking at a 19 year period and substantial change happening within the Mississippi electorate when it comes to their orientation towards this. And I think there are some you know, various reasons for that. But I think the important thing is now you've got lawmakers looking at this saying, well, look, this is a rapid shift over, over less than 20 years, uh, you know, in, in, in the orientation which Mississippians are looking at this issue of the state flag. Nathan Trader is the chair of the Department of Government and Politics at Millsaps in part two of our conversation tomorrow. Some voters see it as an embarrassment uh, to them as Mississippians in the rest of the, in other parts of the country. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.